0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Connectivity Podcast. I'm Matthias Riedström, and I've spent the last 25 years inside the connectivity community. In this pod, we invite guests to deep dive into one or many subjects to simply learn more about connectivity. And in this eighth episode, I'm extremely happy to welcome Christian Koch back. We talked to him in the seventh episode, and we'll continue the conversation with him today. right. One of the topics that I've always thought about, or or not always, but but the last couple of years is this IPv4 versus IPv6. And in my world, you know, a couple of years ago, everyone was, you know, we need to go to IPv6 now. We're going to kill the internet otherwise. Now I feel, you know, nothing is happening. The only thing I hear people talk about is IPv4. Uh, And people are talking about, you know, yeah, there's ways of getting more IPv4 addresses, even though they ran out last year. What's your view on this? is ipv6 ever going to take off
1: <laughs> you know I, when someone says ipv6 these days i just laughed i, I, I just laugh and uh, i mean no disrespect to anyone you know that's that's passionate or working towards you know the transition or the protocol itself but i think the whole thing was just mishandled from day 1 you know look without any rules or restrictions by either, you know, the regional registries or, you know, even ISPs, there is no reason to change, you know, what is the incentive that is being given to uh, a company operating a public network to stop using IPv4, they can still get the addresses and you know, they still work, right. So, look, Twitter, one of the most popular social networks in the world, uh, still has no IPv6. I mean, it's you know, it. I don't know if it's kind of a joke or you know what. But you know, if we really need IPv6 to happen, I think we need to make tough decisions and uh, put rules in place. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't you know. I don't really know what uh, what we can do to to get people to take it more seriously.
0: Who do you think could make those decisions? You know, are there anyone that can make those decisions, or or how, wh- where do we start if we need to start?
1: <laughs> I do think that you know, it's it's potentially a policy issue within the regional registries, right, the RIRs. But I also think that ISPs could probably play a role here, right? So, you know, if they deal you up, put in a timeline and says, hey, look, we we are committed to making this IPv6 transition and here's what we're going to do and we're going to stop supporting it. But however, this can have negative effects, right? A customer can go up and say, hey, well, I'm going to go with the other guy who is uh, providing me with IPv4 connectivity. So it's really going to have to be, you know, either policy level or really a collaboration between, you know, the largest ISPs you know if we still call them that i would say the tier ones right
0: can we put any timeline here you or is any guess as good as anything really or
1: <laughs> i think we will be fully ipv6 after the time i'm retired
0: all right wow <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I,
1: I, I wish I had some more encouraging um, prediction, but um, you know, gauging on the past history, it just does not seem as people are taking it as serious as we should.
0: Yeah, and 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 that kind of leads us into the next one, and that's obviously five G, which is, and I I believe, mo- hopefully, five G will be based on IPv six, I guess, but in some way, it's going to use IPv four as well, I believe. But that also brings us to this edge debate that everyone is talking about, you know, and and the move of the edge. What's your take there? You know, how do you see this?
1: So look, 5G, Okay, cool. You know, I got a new iPhone uh, when it came out a couple of weeks ago and it's on Verizon and they say it's 5G. And uh, I think I get the same speeds uh, that other countries have for LTE for, you know, for the last couple of years. But uh, that's okay. It's cool. It's an improvement. Anyway, you know, I I think it is I think it is overhyped and, you know, it it feels a lot more overhyped than 4G and LTE did to me, at least. That's for sure. But look, edge computing has been happening, you know, for decades. Right. And it's going to continue to happen I think the concept is very simple right i mean you, it's basically placing a computer at the edge of a network that borders an area of the same network or another person's network right and uh you know it doesn't matter if it's you know the at the last mile or if it's you know maybe even between your own network whether that's uh you know going further up the stack anyway i i really like edge computing uh i think it's going to be a phenomenal market But right now, it's really just, you know, kind of making the transition from being a fad to becoming a trend. Right. Because it was mostly just a lot of talking heads and no actual markets. So if you have no actual market, then it's not really a thing. But we are getting there. We are seeing things like from Cloudflare serverless and as well as some of the cloud providers do a little bit more. So I think edge computing is going to have a bright future who do
0: you who do you think is going to lead that race? You know, is it going to be the service providers, or might it be you as a cola company? You will make your data centers further out to invite more people or or who who's going to lead it? will the, the the sort of content providers p- build their own edge network? or how do you see that?
1: You're right. They do. and 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 just so I can and be clear, you know, is that there's a few components here, right? So edge computing, I think you're going to see folks like, Fastly and Cloudflare and Akamai, StackPath and even other bare metal providers like High Velocity and uh, I was about to say Packet, but it's no longer Packet. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, there are many other providers like ZenLayer and, you know, doing bare metal. So I think these guys are going to be the first. Right. And they are they have built the edge networks. They have compute capacity sitting out there. So I think that's that's number one. That's first. Right. And. Then when it comes to the data centers, you know, we've got these uh, mini data centers, right? I think they're probably going to stay a fad, right? Or at least end up in a very niche situation, right? You know, you are not going to see Netflix or, or you know, Facebook or someone go and deploy hundreds of servers in these little tiny data centers, right? Because, you know, not only will they need the whole thing, they will need probably like 20 of them for that specific area. So will they host clusters of cloud computing servers? Or CDN nodes, probably not. We'll probably see that edge really continue to evolve in the data centers in the Tier 1 Tier two cities, as well as frontier markets, right? So the same ones were in New York City, in uh, Ashburn, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Chicago, San Francisco. So that's the places we'll start to see it, because the other thing that you really need to consider is once you go a little bit more inward to certain other areas of the United States, the population just isn't that great. So, you know, they will be plenty of they they will be able to be served from some of these other markets just fine.
0: Yeah. Do you think this, there is a role for the service providers in here or, or will will the sort of content guys trust the service provider to build an edge where they can download their content to or will they work with new players that we've never heard of, you know, who's building the edge for them or or how's that going to work?
1: I think there's always going to be a place for the service providers. I think what we're seeing in the market is, you know, a pretty big evolution, though, of how the cloud and content companies and service providers approach uh services right and you know if we look back at history and you know what happened with telecom and when cloud started becoming really popular right i just have flashbacks in my mind of the same thing happening over again and, you know, it not really amounting to everything and telecom wasting their money on things like this. So is, is there a place though, for service providers? Yes, absolutely. I think it's just going to make sure that everybody, you know, before they dive in once again, that they actually understand and, you know, take some uh, lessons from history to understand what they need to do and what they need to do different.
0: Yeah. One of the things I've thought about, you know, I remember when I started in this industry in the late '90s. Uh, I was actually in the f- in, in my first year sitting in the satellite guy's room, and there was a lot of satellite services around. And then people almost laughed at satellite services for a while, but now suddenly people start to talk about them again, and, and we've seen, you know, Starlink coming up and and a lot of others coming up, you know. How do you see this? Because I guess they will also be out there in the edge, you know, where these other types of services are. How, how, do, you, how do you see this? You know, will there be a revamp of, of satellite services coming in?
1: Yeah, this is another interesting question, right? Because there's a, been a lot of activity with, you know, Leos and things like that. And it's actually on both sides of the spectrum here, right? So it's you see the cloud providers building ground stations, right? Those are the antennas on the ground connected to their data centers and networks that communicate with the satellites, right? So, we are seeing that where which which I think is actually probably going to be pretty successful for these specific industries that need it. But that's not very big, I don't think. You know, I, at least I don't I don't have any numbers because I don't really pay attention to it. But um, you know, it, it will be popular for those that need it. And then you have the satellites like you know Space Link, uh, SpaceX Starlink who are, are, are more building this for consumers. Of, of course, if they have to provide or they can provide for business, they can do that too. But you still have consumers that live in rural America, or rural areas in other countries that don't have good access to internet, good internet options. So these satellite providers are coming along. However, there's a lot of them. Like what's going on, right? There is a Starlink and there's so many and Amazon says they're going to do something, but we have not heard anything yet. So that space seems like it's going to get crowded or it already is crowded.
0: That's going to be interesting to follow. I even saw the other day that building the right network, you can actually decrease the latencies almost below fibers if you go long distances, because, you know, these low, low sal- satellite orbits are, are so low now so that you, you can bounce it up and, and down a few times and you can really be there on you know, low latency services and so on. So that's, that's going to be really interesting to look for in the future. Okay. We talked about in the beginning, you know, building a better internet. And one of the things you talk about and you have your newsletters and everything is all about, you know, how can we create a better internet? You know, when we say better internet, what are the things that you feel we should improve on?
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, this is, a, this is a tough question because, you know, there are so many things that we need to improve on to actually create a better internet, right? And, you know, for one, I think is, you know, evolving our security, Especially when it comes to network security and routing security so that, you know, we can be comfortable and feel safe when it comes to protecting our data and things like uh, route hijacking and, you know, just protecting our network assets. But, you know, I think it goes way beyond that, you know, until how do we how do we create an Internet that is safe and uh, inclusive? And, you know, these are the hard things to do, right, as you can see what's been going on in the world you know, maybe just, uh, you know, the last couple years, how it's accelerated. Uh, It's a a hard thing to do. But I think that there's a lot of work being done uh, on both fronts, you know, securing the internet, building a higher performance and more resilient networks. And, you know, even when it comes to trying to make the internet a safer place, I think there's a lot of work being done on all of the fronts. So it just takes time, unfortunately, it's not going to change overnight.
0: Who do you think is going to drive this change? you know, who who needs to drive the change? Is it going to be the service providers, or is it going to be the the people that have the content or or is it governments or or, yeah, who do you think should drive this?
1: I think we're all stakeholders, Matthias, right? We all have to play our part uh, as much as as much or as little as we can do, right, individually or as companies. So, Obviously, you know, governments and policymakers and, you know, ISPs and network providers and data centers, you know, we all have a, a bigger role to play, obviously, right? But um, I, I think changing it and building a better internet isn't um, beholden to just one person or two people. It's every, all of us, right?
0: Could this be one of the topics that you have in one of your 9OG meetings?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea for a topic.
0: No, I I, I really agree with you. And I, I like the idea of, of having these operators group working on things like that. So I think that's kind of concludes our discussions. Now, I think it's been extremely interesting to hear your view. And, and, and I, I really enjoy talking to you. So we could have gone on so much more longer and so on. But I think <laughs> the time is running out and, and so on. So thank you very much, Christian, for, for participating in this podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Matias. I had a great time talking to you, and I look forward to further long conversations.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will soon be back with a new guest, so please follow us on Twitter, ConnectivityPod, for updates. Stay tuned until next time.